Hello and welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with offices in South Florida covering the entire Tri-County area, Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County, and also in Marion County and Ocala. My name is Chris Qualman, co-host of this show with Jeffrey Meldon, president, founder, managing attorney of Meldon Law with a snazzy new jacket. Well, I figured if <laughs> Melvin Law and Friends is going to take off, we need to dress up All, all right. Part, right? So I'll remind you of that, and I'll go get something new for next week. <laughs> well, we've got a very special show. We seem like we say that every week, but we've got our first encore guest, and it's very, very timely. I mean, this is already the end of January. It's Friday, January 29th. What does that mean? It means the Super Bowl is a week away. And who better to talk about the Super Bowl than our longtime friend of the firm, my longtime personal friend, Alex Marvez, joining us via Zoom. <laughs> Expert football writer, broadcaster from the NFL Network. How you doing, Alex? Hey, doing absolutely great. I tell you, I saw the Jeffrey Meldon bus going around town this morning while I was taking my son to his therapy appointment. Got me all fired up because I knew today that I was going to be joining you gentlemen, taking a little break from Sirius XM NFL radio, a little break from all elite wrestling to talk some Super Bowl. 55 with you and how about that the tampa bay buccaneers the first team in nfl history to host the game and play in it in their own stadium an amazing thing and i know that chris's son benny is already hiding in the pirate ship hoping that nobody finds him so he'll be in attendance <laughs> you're right about that trust me he's trying every angle in the world i think i've told you benny is literally since he was an infant He's been a fan of the Buccaneers, so to say he's excited is an understatement. But it's still, though, what are they going to have? Is it 20,000, 22,000? Yeah, 22,000 fans, and interestingly enough, only 14,500 tickets roughly available to the general public. And the reason for that is that the NFL set aside 7,500 tickets to honor frontline healthcare workers. And NFL teams are helping to pick some of those who are coming, uh, you know, who have been, you know, at the forefront of trying to help people during this pandemic. So it's a really admirable thing by the NFL. I mean, they are literally leaving millions of dollars on the table by not having a full stadium, by giving tickets to healthcare workers. But, it, you know, in the big picture of things, of course, it's goodwill, good publicity, et cetera. But let's not forget what an incredible job the league did itself. And Roger Goodell gets beat up a lot for a lot of things and decisions he's made through the years. But to get through a season without a single canceled game, unlike any other professional sports league, this is unprecedented during this, this pandemic. And the NFL and Roger Goodell and the NFL Players Association, for that matter, deserve a lot of credit for getting us to where we are now, an on-time Super Bowl. So, Alex, is this going to be the most expensive Super Bowl ticket ever? Uh, they are saying that two Super Bowl tickets will cost you the price of a 2021 Honda Civic. That is basically what they are saying. If you can, you can go to the car, you can go to the game, two people, or you can get a new car, uh, essentially. And the demand is going to be huge. And don't forget, too, uh, it's not that Tampa Bay, even though they're playing at home, uh, gets a huge extra amount of tickets. Tickets are allocated to all sorts of folks around the NFL. Not only do teams, each team get a certain amount of tickets to distribute among their fans, but people have friends who have friends who have friends in high places, et cetera. So I think that the demand is going to be huge. Uh, you know, of course, it'll be interesting to see how all this works on the secondary market. But for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady doing what he's done and Patrick Mahomes, you know, the, I mean, it's this is the marquee matchup. If you're ever going to spend your kid's college fund to go see a game, this is the one to do it. <laughs> so so um, answer this question, because I don't think I've gotten this clear yet. Tampa Bay, yes, they're playing in their home stadium, but they're not the home team. Um, are they going to get to use their normal locker room, or how's that going to work? I think that, you know, I believe that they're going to have access to their locker room. Maybe they're not. It's a strange one, Chris, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how big a deal it is, because – it, whether you're coming out a different tunnel or not, and I'm not trying to disparage the question, but it, it's still your stadium. When you're out there, you have the comfort of knowing where the cannon is going to be firing, and I'm assuming the cannon. That's what I was going to ask. Will they fire the cannons? I think you got to fire the cannon. You can't have a Super Bowl without firing the cannon with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing in their home stadium. Oh, come on. I, I really hope that they will. But I think there's a comfort level there. The other thing, too, guys, and, and remember this, this is not a Super Bowl as normal. Normally, I'd be down in Tampa preparing to, you know, for my trip down there uh, to cover the game for the week for Sirius XM NFL Radio. We'd have fans in attendance coming in from all over the country to celebrate 
parties, et cetera. Not the case. The teams aren't even arriving until within 48 hours of the game to try to minimize any sort of risk of a COVID outbreak. Yeah. So it's it sort of just really tempered everything. It's it's a virtual, you know, Super Bowl. It really is. They've canceled so much of the media availability, the NFL not making Well, I wanted to ask you that. When will you yeah. be on? What what is your I'll schedule? I'll be on every night. I'll be on Monday night, Tuesday night, Friday night next week, uh, 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern time, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then the pregame show, our tailgate show from 9 a.m. to noon with Bill Polian on Super Bowl Sunday. But I'll be having to do my work virtually because the NFL is just going to be using Zoom like this to make players available to try to, again, mitigate any sort of risk of infection. So, Alex, uh, I understand <laughs> it's a three-point spread in favor of Kansas City. Uh, what do you think of that spread? I think that Kansas City is going to win this game, and I know I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit here, but the one player that everyone is talking about more than others entering this game I think might be the reason why they lose, and that's Tom Brady. I just don't know if Tom Brady, who threw three interceptions in that game against Green Bay, will have enough to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the finish line. I also worry about Tampa Bay's uh, defense against the Kansas City Chiefs. When these two teams played in Week 12, Tyreek Hill had almost 200 yards in the first quarter catching the football. It's such, and now look, you play a team a second time, you understand that, that things are going to be different. There are certain things that will carry over from that game and certain things that don't. But I just think Kansas City, because of the speed of their wide receivers, and on top of that, Travis Kelsey being the difficult matchup that he is, I think it's going to be tough for the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to stop him. But one thing to note, Kansas City lost their star left tackle, Eric Fisher, to a torn Achilles tendon. Their right tackle, the best in the game, Mitchell Schwartz, is already out with a back injury. So you're talking about reserve tackles against that vaunted Tampa Bay pass rush led by JPP and Shaq Barrett. That's a place where the Bucks may be able to make some hay on Super Bowl Sunday. So what do you think, Jeffrey? What are your thoughts about the game? Well, I'm, ex <laughs> no, I, I'm excited because, you know, the Tom Brady story, right, you know, leading, uh, you know, New England to, you know, one title after another after another, and then, you know, moving to Tampa Bay and leading that team to the Super Bowl. That's a, a story of the decade, right? Well, I mean, and Jeffrey, I mean, I think Tom Brady's one of the few people that may have a better one-loss record than you, considering your courtroom acumen. Uh, you know, and you think about what he, and what, what, and what he's done, too. This is a, and actually a piece of history here, not just for the NFL, but sports. And there's been no player in the history of the NBA, of the NHL, of Major League Baseball, or the NFL, over the age of 40, to win a title with a second team. So, I mean, because most players are already retired by then in these sports, yet Tom Brady starting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at age 43, his 10th Super Bowl appearance. I mean, this is just absolutely staggering. And what he's meant to that Bucks organization, look, he had a great season. And, and again, my comments earlier don't want to take away from what Tom has done, but he has raised the bar for everyone around him. Yeah, look Look at since week 13, since their bye week. The Buccaneers, I believe, the least penalized team in football. They're among the lowest in turnovers in the NFL. There's an accountability because Tom Brady is there. And he has just changed that culture in Tampa Bay that, that Chris and Jeffrey, you know, being Floridians all too well, had gone on for too long of the Bucs being losers. They hadn't even made the playoffs since all the way back in 2007, and now they're playing in the big game again. So, so he's really playing – uh, to just up his uh, status as the best QB ever in the history of the game. He doesn't want to quit. He still wants to play. He loves football. What does Tom Brady do when football's done? Unless he can find another sport, and I'm not joking here, like a competitive golf or something, what is going to take away the rush that Tom Brady gets from playing professional football? His whole life is based around excelling in this sport. The man eats pistachio ice cream. That's how he treats himself legitimately, like not chocolate, not strawberry, not fudge royal, not something that's going to taste good, pistachio ice cream, because that's him. You know, I mean, and everything is so regimented in his life, all done to try to keep him in the best shape possible. They showed a graphic the other day, Tom Brady and George Blonda, and what they looked like at the age of 43. And Tom Brady looked modest. Yeah, and I mean, he looks like, like you know, great. And George Blanda looks like he's about to apply for Social Security. God rest his soul. So I just think that <laughs> so, so, give Brady so all the credit Alex, the you know, he uh, Chris here. He all right, I'm going to get dragged into this. Go ahead. Uh, no, 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 Chris here. <laughs> no, what, what, you what you're talking about with Tom Brady is preparation, 
and uh, Chris just started his uh, Dale Carnegie course this past week. I did. And, you know, Dale Carnegie's course is a lot about preparation. Could you talk a little bit about the preparation that Tom Brady brings to the rest of the team that, uh, you know, you don't see with every other quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely. He has a Freddie Weeby-like approach, in fact, I would say, uh, to what it is that, that he does, uh, you know, as far as getting ready for things. And look, it's not just the work that's done during the season. It starts with the offseason. Tom Brady organizing workouts with more than 20 of his teammates. Tom Brady t- talking Rob Gronkowski out of retirement, getting Antonio Brown on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, convincing Leonard Fournette after his release by the Jacksonville Jaguars that, hey, we can't pay you a ton of money, but if you want to win a Super Bowl, Come on board the pirate ship and we'll get you there. It's that. It's, you know, just setting an example to others that that he has done. You know, he's going to put in the work, the film study, those things. Those are, you know, quarterbacks have to do that if you're going to succeed in this league. But he just he is just so confident in his abilities and he demands the best out of others. I think that people might be more scared of messing up to get Tom Brady's wrath and they are Bruce Arians' wrath. <laughs> You're probably right. So to use a pro wrestling analogy, my son Benny said he heard this on Orlando radio that one of the uh, one of the guys down there said Tom Brady has done the biggest babyface turn this year of, of any football player. Would you agree with that, that he's rehabbed his image from kind of being Tom Brady the villain to Tom Brady the, the great guy? Well, I think that people, if you if you don't like the New England Patriots or you don't like Bill Belichick, you are really happy to see the Patriots organization eat crow because they had the ability to keep Tom Brady in the fold. And this, I know that Tom had worked his contract so that he would have a chance at free agency if he wanted, but they never really made a competitive offer to keep Tom Brady. I think Bill Belichick thought that Tom Brady's best days were over and it was time to move on and hit the reset button. And you can tell the Patriots now all have to watch Tom Brady at home. But what you're getting now is the nostalgia. We're a nostalgia culture, right? So much is lives in the past uh, in our society. And people like seeing Tom Brady just like they like seeing Tiger Woods or just like they like seeing players toward the end of their career try to go out on top. The thing is that Tom Brady, no one's talking about him riding off in the sunset uh, with, a, with a Lombardi trophy in tow, in tow because he's planning to come back and play next year. And he will. Because he's going to keep going at least for one more season after this one. So, but I think you're right. I just think that people now are pulling for Tom. But let's not forget Patrick Mahomes, a pretty good baby face. As oh, well he, he sure baby. is. He he sure is. And baby face versus baby face. <laughs> yeah, what one of those? Tom, he's trying to break a Tom Brady record here. He's trying to become the first quarterback under the age of 26 to win two Super Bowl titles. Tom Brady is the first to have done it, had two Lombardi trophies in tow by the age of 26. Wow. We've only got about a minute left in this segment, but uh, we certainly will be coming back with Alex Marvez. Again, we could just go on and on. Such a wealth of information. Please know how much we appreciate it. You are watching Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast from Meldon Law, statewide law firm. Take a look at our website at www.meldonlaw.com or give us a call anytime, toll free at 1-800-373-8000. Our primary practice areas are personal injury law and criminal defense cases, but Jeffrey's been doing this a long, long time. Whatever your question may be, whatever your issue may be, give us a call. We'll steer you in the right direction. We'll be right back, and thanks for watching. I thought I was in a truck accident because of the accident that resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV And guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative that he shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home. And we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. The Melvin Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life? Hello and welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends. Today is Friday. 
January 29th, 2021. We've got a great show. We've got our longtime friend Alex Marvez from the NFL Radio Network, Sirius Channel 88, here with us talking about the Super Bowl. But, Jeffrey, we've got some big things coming up. Tonight we've got the Gator Gymnastics Meet. We're taking on Missouri in the O'Connell Center. We had a great promotion for that. But we've got another one for next week, the uh, volleyball game, also against Missouri. You know, we had Mary Wise, uh, the, the head coach, on last week. And uh, let's talk about that promotion. Well, uh, first I want to talk about uh, the fact that the Gator uh, gymnastic team is the number one team in the country, and we've been uh, – giving away uh, promotional tickets for that. Great seats, plus a $100 gift certificate right. to uh, Harry's. And we're going to continue it throughout the season. So all of our uh, viewers and listeners should go to <laughs> MeldonLaw.com. And up at the top of the homepage, there's a big red uh, button that says, you know, enter the contest here. And you can get seats for the Gator Gymnastics, sure. which are sold out, you know, event after event. Now we've added uh, Lady Gators Volleyball, uh, which uh, starts up, what is it, February 6th? February 6th, Saturday, yeah, right. And, uh, they're, they're playing uh, Missouri, and uh, their team has, uh, year after year, I think they've won 80% of the SEC titles in volleyball since Mary Wise came It's here. incredible, yeah, 24 out of the 30 years. It's really, really amazing. So anyhow... We're going to do the same promotion for volleyball. So all of our uh, viewers and listeners can just go to MeldonLaw.com at the top, enter the contest. You can get free seats for volleyball plus a $100 gift certificate uh, to Harry's Seafood Bar and Grill. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually ate there last night, and it's, it's terrific. It's terrific. Always one of my favorite places in town. <laughs> all right, let's get back to talking about the Super Bowl. We've also got, we should mention, two Gators that are playing. Tommy Townsend, a rookie, a punter, playing for the Chiefs, and also Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, and you cannot miss Tommy Townsend on the field whenever the Chiefs do punt, and I know that is rare, but he's the one with the long, flowing hair out of the back of his helmet. And, you know, Tommy did an incredible job. You know, the Chiefs parted ways uh, with Dustin Colquitt, who had punted for them for about 15 years. They had some salary cap decisions to make, and, and Tommy Townsend came in. A lot of pressure on him to produce as a rookie, but he delivered, and as a member of the all-PFWA, Pro Football Writers of America team that I was once the president of that organization in a little humble brag here. As for Demarcus Robinson, a career-high 45 catches this past season, and I was a little surprised. He didn't get a lot of action in the free agent market. He decided to re-sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. Thus, he makes his second Super Bowl appearance. But depending upon the health of Sammy Watkins, he is a good receiving option for Patrick Mahomes beyond some of the obvious names that we know. And I think Demarcus will score a bigger contract next year in free agency. I know a rough go of it at the University of Florida program at times, some off the field things that affected his draft stock and still may be lingering to this day with NFL teams. But I will tell you, he has gotten done everything right for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I expect big things out of him continuing in the future. So let's talk about the Florida teams that uh, didn't make it to the playoffs. There's, we have a lot of interest in South Florida, of course, and the Miami Dolphins. What do you think about uh, – give us your thoughts on the offseason moves for the Dolphins. Of course, they've got the quarterback issue. They've already named uh, Tagliavoa as the starting quarterback. A little pushback from some of the players on the team. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's a little bit of controversy when Andrew Van Ginkle uh, put out a, a Twitter meme, uh, you know, that – showed some pleasant surprise, the old Jack Nicholson meme, uh, when the possibility of the uh, Dolphins acquiring Deshaun Watson in a trade with Houston was floated out there. And you still can't dismiss that possibility, but it's a scary thing that if the Miami Dolphins, with all this time to scout a quarterback, screwed up by taking Tua Tungvaluwa of Alabama, Tua didn't have his best, you know, he, he obviously wasn't Justin Herbert, the player drafted immediately behind him with the Los Angeles Chargers. Herbert is, is you know, the best rookie a quarterback in football this year with Joe Burrow getting injured. And, uh, you know, what do we got in Tua? Uh, he's got to he's got to continue to improve. I will tell you this, though. I think the Dolphins are going to add another playmaker to try to help Tua Tungvaluwa. Devontae Smith could be someone at number three that they take a look at. And, in fact, Miami Dolphins coaching staff all over these Alabama players like Najee Harris and company because they are coaching the Reese's Senior Bowl this week, the Senior Bowl being played on Saturday in Mobile, Alabama. So we get a little taste of the college action. Unfortunately, Kyle Trask, by the way, 
unable to participate this week because of an ankle injury. And this is significant because players have been known to increase their stock quite a bit by participating in the Reese's Senior Bowl. Heck, EJ Manuel shot up the board from a projected fourth rounder by some folks to a yeah, first round in 2014. He's a seminal. Of course, it was a mistake to draft him that high. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I, I kid sort of, kind of. But he did not have a great NFL career. Good guy. Not a great NFL quarterback. Well, but Kyle Trask not going to have to impress in so, another way. Alex, I want to switch to uh, the Jags. You know, uh, what are your thoughts with Urban Meyer having the number one draft pick and, uh, you know, all of that? Well, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you know, that'll be the guy unless something radically changes. So you have your franchise quarterback in Jacksonville. And how often have we been able to say that since even this team's existence? You know, really, Mark Brunel, good quarterback. Byron Leftwich, good quarterback. When have we had a potentially great quarterback in Jacksonville? We haven't. So that's huge. You know, with Urban Meyer, you know, you just wonder, okay, how long is he going to be there, right? Because of his previous coaching history, how can he make the transition from college to the NFL where you actually have to treat people like adults and you also can't switch them out every few years, like at the college level when you can just recruit replacements. Here you have a salary cap, and if you make a mistake, well, you're going to have to pay for it for years to come. So some questions about Urban Meyer, but I like the staff he's assembling. I like the fact the Jacks have some with salary cap space available. And at least one thing I can guarantee, Jeffrey and Chris, they will be better than last year. They won one game last year, but nonetheless, they will be better. Well, well that's not saying much. <laughs> well, so there's a little commonality of ownership with this other company you work for, uh, AEW Wrestling, and of course the Jags. Uh, do, you, do you foresee Urban having any interaction with that? I know the last uh, Jags coach he said uh, sometimes would wander over and see what was going on on the wrestling side. And believe it or not, Urban Meyer did just that. I don't believe he was caught on camera, but he did make a quick appearance at All Elite Wrestling show uh, nine days ago. Uh, on a Wednesday night, we were live, and some of his coaches were there, and they because some of the coaches ended up staying. Uh, Urban Low Profile didn't come back and visit the wrestlers, but he did want to show his support. And, yeah, I mean, there's great synergy between All Elite Wrestling and, and the Jags. And, you know, listen to once the, the pandemic, things are able to get more under control, people get vaccinated, and we can cross-pollinate again, if you will. Then you're going to start to see some Jacksonville Jaguars players show up at Daly's Place for our shows. But we at AEW are also hoping, too, at some point it's safe enough for us to get back on the road again. We've been running shows in the same venue every week, basically, since March 18th of last year. And that's going to continue in the immediate future because Tony Khan actually cares about his employees and, and doesn't want people to get sick or have that risk. So we're at Daly's Place. I like place. the way you Wonderful said that. Place. He actually cares about his employees. <laughs> Not to make any aspersions about other wrestling companies. Uh, let's talk about the Bucks for a second. Of course, they're in the Super Bowl in just a little over a week. But what are your thoughts about offseason moves for the Bucks? Who should they be looking at in the draft? Oh, gosh. I mean, well, they're, they're going to pick 31 or 32, right? So, I mean, that's that's part of the problem now. It gets to be a little bit more of a crapshoot for this team. But, you know, what, what they've done is just really assemble a solid group across the board. I mean, you know, I can't look at this Jag, at this Bucks team and tell you there's a glaring weakness. You know, they've drafted so many cornerbacks. I'm not sure if you really want to go in that direction again. You have to ask yourself, can you get another outside pass rusher to begin to develop? Because JPP is starting to get a little bit older. What are you going to do with Shaq Barrett? Are you going to be able to sign him to a long-term contract extension? I think defensive line front seven is probably the place to go for this team. Chris Godwin said to be an unrestricted free agent. Not sure if you're going to be able to pay him. But these are good problems to have. And it's a team that, for the first time, the general manager and head coach appear to be on the same page. The players that have come in under since Bruce Arians arrived, working with the GM, Jason Light, fit what Bruce is trying to do with his staff. That is so much nine-tenths of the battle in the NFL when the head coach and the GM share the same vision. One of the reasons the Bucs are in the Super Bowl. Wow. What about uh, coaching moves? Now, you know, there's been talk about the, the Bucks defensive coordinator, some other people possibly taking head coaching positions. Do you have any thoughts, predictions on, on that issue? I, no, the, this is another great thing for the Bucks. At least for this year, their staff stays intact. And I would imagine Byron Left, which is a future NFL head coach, their offensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator as well. But I think that they're going to end up staying put the way that the coaching carousel spinned. And, you know, seven new positions this year. There's a lot of talk about minority hiring. Is the NFL doing enough? to try to push that. Same thing goes with general manager positions. It's been a crazy offseason already. But, you know, what's going to get really wild, guys, coming up not too in the not too distant future, starting the middle of March, free agency begins. And for the first time ever, because there were no fans in the stands this year, 
the NFL salary cap is going to drop by about 20 to $25 million per team. A lot of big name players are going to be hitting the market that you wouldn't normally expect to see. Otherwise, that's where a team like the Jaguars, for example, can get awfully good, awfully quick because they have more than $80 million available under the cap. The Dolphins sitting pretty under the salary cap as well. So we're going to see a lot of movement come March. It's going to be just probably the craziest offseason quite honestly, from a free agency standpoint that we've had just because of the flood of talent that's going to be hitting the market. Well, we have we have a lot of friends in uh, Jacksonville who are yes, huge Jags do. fans <laughs> that uh, are going to be excited just because they have hope. They, they do. No, yeah. no question about that. Yeah. Real quick, we want to remind all our viewers that we have two more segments coming up on Meldon Law and Friends, an excellent segment. We've got a couple of guys, a couple of entrepreneurs, Dave Kratzer and Ben Bakari, who took a golf course that was in total disrepair. It had been neglected. It had gone out of business. And just through their initiative and efforts, they'll talk about how they banded the community together and rebuilt this golf course in Gainesville. It's an incredible story. So please stick around for that. Alex, one more time if you could just tell all our viewers and listeners where they can watch you uh, for this coming week. Obviously, you know, you said it's a different uh, situation with COVID and all, but you will still be working very hard. Hardest working man in, in football, I swear. That's what you are. But where, where can people watch you and listen? I try to be. Well, you know, my schedule, I post every day on Twitter at Alex Marvez. I'll be on tonight from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern time with fellow University of Florida. I'm not an alumnus per se because I partied my way out of this school. Uh, but I do live here in Gainesville, uh, and I did attend for three years. But Max Starks will be with me tonight. Oh, great. Lake Highland Prep. Yep. Max is doing great, so I work with him. Next week, uh, basically at night, except for Wednesday and Thursday, I'll be in Jacksonville for All Elite Wrestling. You can watch that 8 p.m. Wednesdays on TNT. <laughs> on TNT. I'm going to listen. I want to hear what Max Starks has to say. That's great. Anyway, so you already said three points. Uh, is that what you said? Or maybe you didn't say. What, what, what is your prediction well, for the game? I point spread, but, but, you know, Jeffrey here, big, big money, big, big spender Jeffrey Meldon talking about the point spread. And, uh, you know, I just think that, that at the end of the day, I, I really think that, that Kansas City is going to win this game. I just think too, much, too many dynamic pieces on the offensive side of the football. Not sure if the Buccaneers can keep up, but I do expect a really competitive game through at least the first three quarters. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be absolutely great. Well, um, I, I know a, a certain young man, a certain son of mine who disagrees with you. He, he thinks the Bucs are going to do it. <laughs> I, I hope they do, too. I, I'm excited for the Bucs. I'm excited for the, the whole state of Florida, but in particular, uh, the citizens of Tampa and the surrounding area. I know they're, they're incredibly thrilled about it. We've got, you know, Stephanie, one of our case managers, uh, lives down there now, and uh, she's thrilled. So if we could somehow score tickets, we'd go, but we'll probably watch it at that man's house. So anyhow, thank you so much, Alex, for coming on with your uh, insights. We love having you on. Yeah, we do. And uh, you, you're, you're, since you're our first repeat uh, podcast uh, interviewee, <laughs> right, we just want to give you that distinction. You can go around and tell the whole world That's now, right. You were interviewed twice. That's on the right. Even French the head podcast. ball coach doesn't have that yet. <laughs> you know, wow. Or Shane <laughs> Matthews or Becky Burley. Thank you so much. And we'll be right back with another segment on Melden Law and Friends. I was riding as a passenger in my friend's vehicle. Yeah, a fellow ran a stop sign and we T-boned him had neck and shoulder and knee injuries and didn't know what to do and I remember seeing one of Jeffrey's ads so I gave him a call he explained everything to me I'd go see him and everything was done everything was taken care of don't waste your time with anybody else go see Jeffrey I was in an accident someone ran red light and hit me and I was hurt you don't know where to turn luckily I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help and they will help you. Hello and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Melden Law statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with an office in South Florida covering the entire Tri-County South Florida area and up through Marion County where we have a full-time office in Ocala. 
Today is Friday, the 29th of January, 2021. Again, thanks to Alex Marvez calling us via Zoom. One of the busiest men right now in the sports industry covering the Super Bowl. And as always, he had a lot of stuff to tell us. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> you know, I'm always excited to hear Alex uh, start riffing on what's going on in the NFL or pro wrestling or anything Yeah, else. well, we, we want to share his scoops with the world, so that's why we brought him on. But speaking of sports, we also talked about, I want to remind our viewers and listeners that uh, tonight, Melden Law will have a huge presence at the Gator Gymnastics meet against Missouri. We just completed a great promotion for that. We've got another one for next week, next Saturday. The Gator Lady Volleyball team will be also uh, playing Missouri. We're giving away four tickets, four prime seats, and a $100 gift certificate to um, to Harry's, Harry's Seafood and Grill. And what a deal. And uh, we had, gosh, almost 1,000 people apply for the gymnastics promotion. So to do so, you go to our website, correct? Right. So you go to meldenlaw.com, and, and on the homepage, right at the top, you'll see a red button that says, enter the contest here. And not only are we going to have the volleyball seats Four volleyball seats plus a hundred dollars for a Harry Seafood Bar sure. and Grill. Uh, but the following week we're going to have uh, gymnastic tickets available, uh, and it's the same kind of promotion: four prime seats with mm -hmm. uh, the uh, uh, Harry Seafood Bar and Grill promotion. So uh, we're really looking forward to everybody going to MeldenLaw.com. Uh, check on uh, mm -hmm. click to enter, and you can get. Uh, seats that are in impossible to get because all the events are sold out. Now, you've got something to your right. It might be off camera there, but I, I see there's now a, a Meldon Law COVID mask that's very, very unique. And uh, it, it says, what, go Gators on it? And yeah, yeah. So this is actually <laughs> a, a little mini computer, and it says Meldon Law, go Gators on the mask. And you can program this mask however you want. And... Uh, Stay tuned because we're going to be giving away some of these masks as well. And uh, you'll look uh, very, very sharp if you, uh, you know, just dance like around. this guy. Best if you're dressed dancing lawyer around the neighborhood <laughs> with your uh, Melden Law Go Gators mask, you'll be right. very uh, uh, cool. So I want to introduce these two gentlemen to my left who have an amazing story. They're part of an amazing story. There are many people beyond them who participated in the revitalization of the Turkey Creek Golf Course. Uh, they have been covered by NPR, National Public Radio, Golf Digest magazine. And, and I was reading about it beforehand. Uh, Dave Kratzer over farthest to my left, Ben Bakari right next to me. And what an amazing story about how you got the community together and rebuild this previously dilapidated old golf course and turn it into something amazing. Well, I, it, uh, first of all, thank you so much for uh, giving us this opportunity and come out and talk to all the folks that join in here at, at uh, the Melbourne Law Show. But I, uh, yeah, I think Ben and I are, are part of the story of, of a golf course that was closed for 10 years. Uh, 2011, it finally, like many golf courses in America, was just ran out of steam. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then it fell in disrepair. So for a couple of years, uh, it looked like a good place to raise goats. <laughs> <laughs> Weeds were up there and then and I think the real story in this, and maybe we can talk about it as we go, sure. is that uh, so many times in life, I think people run into a situation and they go, boy, this is wrong. Somebody should do something about this. Well, we kind of looked at each other and said, you know, we're somebody. And so I, I don't know if it was the lack of an ability to stop doing what you're doing or not being very smart, but we, but we uh, took the opportunity to rebuild that golf course, and we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so anyhow, Dave Kratzer and I ran uh, <laughs> into each other, you know, several times when he was the big honcho at the University of Florida, <laughs> okay? And he, for those of you who don't know, he had a very, very long career there. How many years was it? Uh, 30 years. 30 years, and uh, you were like vice president of the University of Florida. Student affairs, yeah. Student affairs, okay. and, right. And, and, right. but anyhow, um, he, Dave has been very involved in the community and for Dave and Ben to get involved in helping to revitalize this, uh, storied golf course, uh, is really great. Um, for those that are listening, I want to tell you when Turkey Creek, uh, golf course first got started, I, uh, went out there, played golf many, many times. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been 
involved in, uh, you know, seeing several different reincarnations of the course <laughs> over the years, but it's a fabulous course. Uh, the Greens fees right now are very, very reasonable. And for those of you in the Gainesville area, it only takes 10 or 15, 20 minutes uh, to get out there. It's near the city of Alachua, but on the Gainesville side. And uh, I have to give my personal endorsement to uh, the 40 some years that the course has been around that, you know, I've been going to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm so glad you guys are, uh, you know, reinventing the course. So tell but, us how, how it happened with the community. You didn't have the big pocketbook behind you. You just had to sort of get everyone together and start rebuilding it. Well, right. And I, and I think you're right. 43 years ago, the course originally opened to great acclaim. It was, it was named as one of the best new public courses in, uh, in Florida. And uh, at that time, and then went through this whole transitional period. So uh, probably about uh, 2015, we had run through a number of options. And this is where we said, why don't we form a limited partnership? And uh, some of us come together. And I think that's really where Ben and I began to notice the thing start to pop up. Uh, I was still working. I was still uh, hanging out with you over the years <laughs> before. And uh, so I, I didn't really get involved until... Uh, after 2016. But at that point, uh, there was this uh, group of limited partnership shareholders. Um, we talked to a number of professional companies. They gave us a number to rehabilitate a golf course, which might be interesting to people who are, maybe you've got a golf course that's that's fallen in disrepair. I don't want to do another one. So, don't don't so call me. <laughs> what was the number they gave you? $2 million. They said for $2 million, <laughs> We'll take your golf course and we'll uh, we'll fix it. Well, we didn't have two million dollars, uh, not a lot of deep pockets. So we uh, so we said, well, maybe we can figure out a way to get started. The first thing you do is uh, put an irrigation system in because the irrigation system was gone. So uh, that ended, it, it started out as an interesting project because that meant we were going to hand dig the sprinkler heads mm -hmm. in reinstall new ones. So we bought the heads, um, and then the labor was all volunteer. And so it was kind of like Tom Sawyer painting the fence, you know, something started. <laughs> hey, we're having fun here, hey, come on. Yeah. You know, and COVID hit. And so uh, I had a lot of guys come up and say, please get me out of the house. You know, I'm gonna get killed if I, I gotta. But I heard that you actually sold the shower heads. You, you allowed people to put names on. Sprinkler heads, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I meant, yeah. not shower heads. Well, but that's an idea. <laughs> Same thing, I thought about it. Yeah, that. we did, we sold uh, sprinkler heads and people bought them and wanted to put them on the hole they lived on or something to remember their, uh, a person in their family that was a golfer. So we started, Doing it turns out there's over 500 sprinkler heads on a golf course if you want to do 18 holes. So uh, <laughs> two summers, it was really hot. I don't want to bore you with it, but if you picture a bunch of old guys down on there. We also, we also dug the sand traps out, uh, rented a tiller, and uh, all volunteer labor. And at one point, I think there were three of us working out there one afternoon, and I started saying, how old are you? How old are you? <laughs> we started counting it up, and we, we want to see if we can get some kind of you know, uh, recognition for this because uh, I think our combined age was 274 years. Of those <laughs> I don't know if anybody's. So I want to find out what did it actually cost from the two million estimate to get this done. Uh, Jeffrey, we've we've done it to date uh, for about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. wow! Oh my gosh! So every but it, but it's because you don't have labor cost and so many people and I like to if I could just mention a couple people sure. that were just. Unbelievable. Uh, first of all, there's a guy by the name of Russ Mills, who is the senior construction superintendent for BBI Construction here in town. And Russ uh, donated so much of his time, talent, and expertise mm -hmm. because we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> it, really, it really helped. Uh, Jay Acree owns a, a tree service uh, and happens to live in Turkey Creek, and he donated generously so much of his time and equipment. So we had some heavy equipment that we would not have had access to, and also a fellow by the name of Dan Ryan, who's kind of a Swiss Army knife. He can do anything. <laughs> he's he's a has a lot of contractor license capability and certification. So, and Dan uh, donated an excavator and the, and the ability to use it. So there were there were a number of people who have done over and above remarkable stuff. And then there's just you know last uh, last week uh, we had a 
we had a pharmacist out painting a, a restroom. You know, I, it, we, people did everything. <laughs> well, so, I, you know, people that don't know, Turkey Creek is a large community. You guys both live out there, right? Yeah, yeah there's uh, 1,200 homes there. It's actually about one-third of the population of the city of Alachua. Uh, there's a lot wow. of folks there, uh, condos, single-family residences. and it's, it's, it's an entire community, but it needed a direction. It needed someone who was a visionary when the LLC was started. Um, the group started to do it and people started to follow and they started to have successes and, and then build on it. Um, the community is incredible and the support that continues to come out, more and more volunteers. Uh, we had a tournament this past weekend and <laughs> the guy who's out there cleaning the golf carts is a chiropractor by trade full time. Yeah. And he's out there washing golf carts. But that's what it takes right now to get this golf course hey, to where it is. You have a very unique history with this because you were telling me <laughs> off the air before that you were a commissioner in right. the city of Alachua. So you dealt with this. You, you dealt with the complaints the concerns from the citizens prior to it being renovated. So tell a little bit about your involvement, how, how you came to be as part of well, this. I, I wasn't living in Turkey Creek at the time, but I was a city commissioner. And when the golf course closed, the folks from Turkey Creek would line up at the podium before the meeting, well, <laughs> during the meeting, to speak and say, hey, the grass is too high. In fact, the article that you read in Golf Digest has some pictures. And those pictures are when the golf course was actually being mowed down to like six inches high. But it used to be waist high. The grass was high. There were hogs and animals everywhere. And so my interaction came through as a commissioner seeing that, trying to get it within code. And then I got involved <laughs> sometime later, closer to 2018, uh, with the marketing committee. And I got involved and said, look, I've got a sound system. I can help do it for the event that you guys are sure. doing. A long drive championship is what started mm -hmm, to try to right. get people uh and excited about what was happening out there, and uh, that's kind of how I got involved with it. So the biggest news, though, it's fully open. It all, is. All 18 holes, people right. can go play right now. Right. Correct. Okay, so talk a little bit about that. Well, you can uh, You can just uh, if you just Google Turkey Creek Golf, and uh, it'll take you right to the, the correct site if you, if you want to go out there. You can just call us. Uh, give the pro shop a call at 386-518-6815, and we'll... Uh, We'll, uh, take we'll, that we'll put a graphic up so people yeah, will know, know where to call. Um, we've only got about two minutes of this segment. We're going to keep you on for the next segment. Okay. We want to remind everybody, though, that you are watching Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law. Jeffrey Meldon has been doing this since the early 70s. We specialize in personal injury cases as well as criminal defense cases. But whatever your case may be, give us a call anytime, toll free. 1-800-373-8000, or take a look at our website, www.meldenlaw.com. You'll see a lot of up-to-date information about the firm, our practice areas, and like I said, Jeffrey, whatever the case is, you'll speak to them and steer them in the right direction. Yes, and uh, we want to thank everybody for supporting Melden Law and Friends podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. Every Friday at 1 o'clock, uh, we go live, and then you can pick it up on uh, 39 or 40 different platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, and all the uh, audio platforms. So, Spotify, Apple Music, yeah. so many others, I can't even list them all. But whatever your favorite audio pod podcast server may be, you'll find us on there. It's free. You can go on the Melden Law Facebook page, see the archive of all. This is now our, this is our 14th episode. Yeah. And uh, we've had two guests every, or two in this case, we've, we've got three. We had Alex's. Anyway, my point is, we have two segments every episode, a lot of content. And what we try to do is we try to bring in people who are movers, shakers, influencers, local community heroes. And if you've got suggestions for us, if you know somebody in your community who, like these gentlemen to my left, have taken a bull by the horns and made a huge difference in their community, tell us about it. Call our office or send us an email or come on our Facebook page. We'd love to talk to them and maybe bring them on the show. Absolutely. Well, thank you, and we'll be right back in a few minutes, and uh, I'm going to get into the history of Turkey Creek with our guests. <laughs> yeah. We'll be right back. I've done mornings here on Sky Radio for 17 years. Jeffrey Meldon started doing his weekend show here 16 years ago. One of the things that separates Jeffrey is I don't see him out there hollering for people's business. I see him out there investing in the community. He's touched a lot of lives, and a lot of it he'll never know what a difference he made in somebody's life about information that he has shared on the air. Being a client at Melden Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcome by the entire staff. 
If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. Hello and welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends, the weekly podcast from Meldon Law. Uh, this is our fourth and final segment of today's podcast. It is Friday, the 29th of January, 2021. It's hard to believe, Jeffrey. I mean, we were just saying the other day, this is the end of 2020, and here we are about to kick into February in just two days. Yes, uh, it's exciting to uh, have everything uh, a little more hopeful right now than it was think so. uh, eight or nine months ago. I think so. The firm, of course, we're operating at full speed. We've got some new staff, new attorneys, new case managers. Uh, we handle all types of personal injury cases, whether they be big truck crashes, motor vehicle crashes, pedestrian injuries, trip and fall, slip and fall. We handle pre-suit mediations, litigation, and of course we do criminal defense, and I think the staff is running at full speed on all cylinders. Yes, uh, we're here and uh, we want to thank the uh, community for supporting Melvin Law. We've uh, really haven't uh, miss, missed a beat, and uh, it's all due to... Uh, the members of the community that uh, come and uh, ask us to help. And I want to do a quick shout out to, we mentioned it earlier in the show, that I started the Dale Carnegie course this week here in Gainesville. Carrie Meldon, of course, did it last week. Uh, a certain person sharing your last name also is in the show, uh, is, in the, is in the seminar with me, Patricia, yeah. uh, Jeffrey's wife. I know she had a wonderful time at the, at the first session, and I, I can't wait to give more reports on it. It's a terrific program. Yes, and uh, at Melden Law, we try to develop leadership skills uh, within everybody on the team. So uh, Chris is going to be our next guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Pickens as well. We're, we're really enjoying it. So guys, again, I want to toss back to our guests, Dave Kratzer, Ben Bakari, who've been talking about the wonderful job they've done resurrecting and revitalizing the Turkey Creek Golf Course. And uh, Jeffrey, You've got some tidbits about the history you wanted to talk about. Well, I knew Norwood Hope, and uh, he was a very successful real estate developer in the 60s, probably started a little in, in the 50s, 60s, 70s in Gainesville. There was Northwood Oaks, Northwood Pines, and he was doing very, very well, probably uh, you know the number one real estate developer in this part of the state. And uh, Turkey Creek was his dream, and he... Uh, he came up with this idea uh, of buying, it was over 1,100 acres, I think, which is almost mm -hmm. two square miles of property. And he wanted to put together, you know, his dream. He had the uh, wherewithal and the background and experience to do it. So uh, Turkey Creek was not just some ordinary uh, fly-by-night deal. It was, you know, a top-notch developer putting together a top-notch golf course for all of us to enjoy. And now there's over 1,200 families living there in the homes and uh, for those of you that haven't been out there you'll really uh, be amazed because it's a it's a great planned community with a course that's now back in life and uh, <laughs> that's exciting yeah well well we're uh, certainly excited to be there and I, I think one of the things that uh, we're most excited about is you know we're growing the game and so we're worried about golf in general too we want golf to be successful because we think it's a great thing for kids <laughs> And so uh, we we just uh, like to announce that we are now the uh, the home for Santa Fe High School golf and wow. uh, Newberry High School golf, and also uh, through the good efforts of a guy by the name of John Stevens, we've got Gator Junior golf out there now. So we're doing a lot of training for the future, and and we're not maybe teaching the kids as much about golf as it is about life and integrity and how to do the right thing. Well, I've been a big uh, golf fan most of my life. Um, I went to overnight camp for two years when I was like nine and 10 years old, you know, and then I actually retired uh, so I could get a, um, a golf pass at the public golf course around the corner. <laughs> and we used to play between 27 and 36 holes a day wow, wow. all summer from the time I was like 12 years old until the time mm -hmm. I was 16 or 17 years old. Uh, and uh, I played uh, on my high school golf team, and uh, you know, so I'm a lifetime golfer, and I really uh, get excited when I see somebody doing uh, something like you're doing. Ben, I wanted to ask you something. We talked about this uh, before we went on the air. 
Um, there are, as we mentioned, 1,200 homes. Are there condos for sale? Are there units for sale? What, what can I tell somebody who's perhaps looking to, to buy a golf condo? <laughs> well, it's a seller's market right now. There's low inventory. Okay. Uh, there's not much available, but there are condos or uh, plenty of uh, Technically speaking, uh, condos or uh, townhomes or villas that are on the uh, golf course, Uh, they come and go pretty quickly. There may be one out there right now. Um, Anybody who's looking better get it quickly Mm because it will be gone, especially with the golf course opening, which will uh, improve property values as well. Okay. Yeah, Um, I I think that's that's one of the reasons that the the people that live out there, it's probably the largest community of homes in Gainesville. It, it, I don't know where there's a larger um, gated community in north central Florida of 1,200 homes. In fact, Turkey Creek was a DRI, Development Regional Impact. And so the North Florida Regional Regional Planning Council, a lot of state approvals had to happen because it was such a large density of uh, property in such a smaller area. So what are some things going forward that uh, you're going to be doing in terms of, you mentioned before we started that you're still improving the greens, you're still doing things. It's not, it's, it's a work in progress, so to speak. But all 18 holes are open for a very reasonable fee, $38. You can play golf and get a cart. (laughs) That's certainly in my price range. But what are some other things you've got going forward? Well, one thing I think we should talk about, Ben, is uh, we're really proud of the restaurant operation out there. You had mentioned Harry's, and uh, a fellow who was the uh, former general manager of Harry's is now running our restaurant out at Turkey Creek, and it's called uh, uh, Creek's 19th Bar and Grill. And, uh, you know, he's brought a little bit of that Louisiana flair to the menu, <laughs> and it's a good place to get a cold beer. It's good to stop in yeah. after, after well, work. I, after I think uh, Melvin Law uh, might have to start uh, giving away yeah. some gift certificates to yeah. the— uh, There you go. And let's do some promotions together because, you know, my heart's really with you guys because I played that course so many times. And, you know, when daylight savings comes, oh, you know, I'd run, I'd take, take <laughs> off from work at four o'clock and go out there and knock them yeah. around. And yeah. uh, you can yeah, get well, We, we have another attorney that joined the firm a couple of months ago, <laughs> Richard Perlini. He's a hardcore golfer. I think between you and he and Carrie and maybe he'll even drag me out there. <laughs> I started playing golf there 20 years ago. I was a cart boy in high school. Uh-huh. So I'd never played before then. So a couple, uh, last weekend when we were having the golf tournament, uh-huh. I was showing them saying, well, look, the carts should be lined up here and you get these going this way and That's this right. going this way and the range should look like this because I remember 20 years ago I was up there at 545 in the morning getting ready for tournaments there. It was pretty cool. Wow. So well, um, you, you were talking about uh, how you had a charity event recently and how you've got junior golf and so many other things. Are there any? Are there ways that a, a charitable organization could get in touch with you? Let, let's say somebody wanted to do a fundraiser, wanted to bring uh, maybe disadvantaged children who wouldn't otherwise have a chance to play golf. What are some thoughts there? I think the easy, well, those are always special, one-of-a-kind things. And I, the best way to do that is to call us, uh, and you just go to the website, you okay. see us, or you can you can just give us a call, and we'll customize that with you. Uh, if you just want to make a tea time, we're on Golf Now as of today, Friday. And um, mm-hmm. so you're, we're up on uh, GolfNow.com, so you can call out and make an individual tea time. However... Uh, you know, for a special event for, and we're working with a couple groups right now that want to have their uh, their tournaments out there this year. And so we'll we will work with you and make okay. it right for you. What if you want to call like the old school guys do? Can I call and get you a get, time? Yeah, you can. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Three eight six five one eight six eight one five. And uh, yeah, just call us. Uh, we have a a great uh, person in charge of our. Pro shop, Susie Davis, who uh, in uh, in the past was one of the best amateur uh, women golfers in the Gainesville area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's passionate about the place, but she'll make you feel at home and take care of you. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a question about the big event happening in a little over a week. I know we're here talking about golf, but... You guys are sports fans. You must have oh, yeah, some thoughts yeah. about the Super oh, Bowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, so, so what are your thoughts about uh, the Bucks versus Chiefs? Tom Brady is is the goat, but not so fast. <laughs> not so fast. Tampa's defense is stepping up big right now. That's what I think is the key, and I mm-hmm. think they've done it to Green Bay. They've done it to New Orleans, and they're making things very difficult. Um, I, I'm I'm a maybe I'm partial or biased. Uh, Buccaneers. I'm okay. going Buccaneers, and I'll tell you, I, I, uh, I think Mahomes is the future, but this year 
I think Brady's got – and what would you say? If you're Tom Brady and you happen to pull off the Super Bowl, I think I'd drop the mic. <laughs> oh. See, I, I mean, what a way. Hey, well, the, you know, the good news is, is it's it's a really competitive contest uh, with you know the greatest of all times with mm-hmm. the maybe the up and coming greatest of all times, right? So this may be the last time we ever see something like that, and it's a competitive event. So we've had Super Bowls where, you know, it's a 10 or 15 point mm-hmm. spread and everybody's going, oh, you know, I'm not that into it. This one, oh. if you're into sports, this is going to be a really fun, competitive Super Bowl. You've got the oldest quarterback and the youngest quarterback. And you and how about Tampa in the state of Florida? What a oh. great thing to bring it here sure. and for them to host their own Super Bowl. That's Never first happened. time ever. Never first happened. time they've ever uh, teams played in its own stadium. Yeah. So it it, it really is unique. Um, boy, I, as I was telling Alex Marvez, our first guest, you know, he knows my son. I've got a son who is so incredibly passionate about the Buccaneers. So this is the world to him. <laughs> but, well, but there's still, a lot of us in yeah. this part of Florida. You know, um, I re- actually when I moved here, I started rooting for the Miami Dolphins because they were our, our only team, <laughs> yep. right? And then sure. I started uh, rooting for the Bucks and then the Jags. You know. And so I, you know, whoever's hot, you know, I'm yeah. rooting for. So <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> so this year I'm a, I'm a Bucks fan all the way. Well, well, Dave, with all your ties to UF, and I'm sure you as well, uh, we got to get some famous Gators out there to your golf course, and there probably have been a few in the past, I would imagine. <laughs> Yeah. Well, back when I was a uh, cart boy, um, I believe I saw Steve Spurrier's wonderful swing one time on the number 10 tee. Okay. Uh, Ricky Natil, Shane Matthews was out there, um, and some others. And oh, I, oh yeah, living it up. There's some, and there's some actual real gators, at least one gator in a pond right now. So, <laughs> real yeah. gators. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but for those of you that have never played out at Turkey Creek, you're, you're in for a treat. Uh, it's a beautiful ride out there, uh, easy to get to. Once you uh, go through the uh, entranceway, sure. uh, you just feel like you're in a whole different world, and uh, it's worth it. Uh, anybody that plays golf now or hasn't played but wants to try, go out there, and uh, you'll have some beautiful – this weather that we're having now is uh, perfect weather. And for what are the hours for the course and for the restaurant? Well, basically, uh, the restaurant right now is open in uh, starting at 4 o'clock okay. until closing in the evening. Okay. But uh, – but once uh, we get a little further along, then that restaurant will be open during the day as well and be open for lunch as well. So we'll expand the hours as we go. And uh, Axel uh, Gianconti, the, the guy who's running that, is knows what he's doing, and I think people <laughs> would like it. Well, I'm very excited for yeah. what you guys have done uh, for the community, for yourselves, but for the game of golf and for all of uh, North Central Florida. I think it's an amazing thing. Want to remind everybody that today, of course, is the 29th day of January, 2021. There's the big uh, gymnastics meet tonight at the O'Connell Center against Missouri. Meldon Law will have a huge presence. We had a great promotion, a winner of four tickets and a $100 gift certificate to Harry's Bar and Grill. And next week on Saturday the 6th, this contest is still open for the Gator volleyball game. The Lady Gators, under the direction of Coach Mary Wise, are also against Missouri Four tickets, gift certificate, and where do they go? Go to MeldonLaw.com. On the homepage at the top, you'll see the uh, red button where it says, enter the contest here. And, uh, and then, <laughs> Can't get any easier than that, actually, you know? <laughs> if you hit that button, it gives you two contests to enter. You can enter the gymnastic contest for the next for event. the next week, right. And, and the volleyball contest. And when baseball uh, opens up pretty soon, we're going to have that. You know, we're opening up with Miami. That That's, is going to be did, I didn't incredible. know that. Boy, oh you, you guys wow. have seen the new stadium. It's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. yes. it, it, it's like an MLB stadium. It just yeah. blows me away. Number one ranked team in the country in baseball and that'll that'll be a great way to open it up against Miami again gentlemen thank you so much for being a part of our show today we're going to have you back we want to stay in touch and close touch and find out more about Turkey Creek and all the wonderful things that are going on out there I can assure you I'm going to at least check out the restaurant (laughs) (laughs) within my diet okay and uh, Jeffrey and Carrie and I'm sure Richard will probably be out on the links uh, sometime very soon and again thank you very much you have been watching Meldon Law and Friends, a service of Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville, also with offices in South Florida covering the entire 
Tri-County, South Florida area, also with a new office, even though we've been there 26 years in Ocala in Marion County. Thank you so much. And we will be back next week. Right, Jeffrey? Yes. And we're excited. Uh, episode number 14 next week. That's, that's right. So again, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you again.